Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is live in Knoxville, Tennessee. The biggest game of the college football season kicks off tomorrow in less than 24 hours. And we've got... Tennessee and Alabama coverage throughout the day, as well as a great jam-packed college football weekend, NFL Week 6, and more. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Great uh, thanks to the great OutKick crew for making it happen today on location at Cool Beans in downtown Knoxville, where the energy is definitely already in East Tennessee. Chad, let's get it going, man. And I say it every time we're here for a special show, welcome to my home. I Welcome. Thank we, you. We have entered Knoxville. <laughs> My home, my alma mater, I will show you a good time, show you around. Davey Hudson, our producer also, a Tennessee grad from this area. Uh, It is a special scene. We were here for the opener against Ball State. With all due respect to Ball State, there was not the same feeling around this town, around this football program for that opening game. Here's Tennessee at 5-0, sixth in the country, hosting number three Alabama, with everyone feeling like for the first time in a long time, they've got a legitimate chance to win. I'm not going to go as far as say everyone's expecting to win. Right, yeah. But they feel like it should be a good game and they've got a good chance. And that's exactly what you want to be at this point in the season if you're Tennessee. Uh, fun time so far. Great scene here at Cool Beans. We're going to have a big time show today too, Hutton. No doubt. And uh, we've got the outkick hat going on. Freebie we do. here from great friend of the show, Peter Kern. Peter Kern, um, some of you in Knoxville may have heard of the Peter Kern Library, his, his namesake, great friend of the show, brought these to us, Tennessee logo on the back, his has an Alabama logo on the back, Peter Kern, one of the biggest Alabama fans you'll ever find, and if you see the insignia on the, on the side right here, Phi K, Phi K, it's got a, a lot of significance <laughs> to us, it's got a lot of significance to Peter, but if we told you about it, we'd have to kill you. <laughs> so it's sort of a, fl- a fight club type situation, right? You know, the first rule is not to talk about it. Same goes for 5K. But we're appreciative to Peter Kern, good friend of the show, good friend of ours for stopping by and bringing us these nice OutKick hats. Hit us up on social media at OutKick360 as we broadcast live from the patio here at Cool Beans. We're going to be discussing Tennessee and Alabama throughout. Trey Wallace of OutKick.com will join us live here in about 15 minutes, we'll go through all of the SEC slate and we'll focus on uh, the big kickoff tomorrow on CBS and the primetime slot for CBS at 3.30 Eastern. Um, also... By the way, yes, it's windy. It, yeah. It's, it's windy it's here in Knoxville. Around. So that's, uh, that's what you're hearing. Also... And, and we hear it, but it's fun. Tony Vitello will be live on site with us here at Cool Beans an hour from right now. We kick off hour number two with Tennessee's baseball coach, can't wait to catch up with Tony V. Uh, and later, we've got all of the college football and NFL matchups throughout, plus some upset picks of the weekend. Tony Vitello always matches the energy of Knoxville right now. That's just his default yeah. setting. 
is that level of energy. He's going to bring that energy to the show coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern. So looking forward to talking to him. He was a big part of the festivities for the Florida game a few weeks ago. I'm sure he's going to be a busy man this weekend as well. Chad, uh, while you're right, and I don't think the expectation is necessarily that Tennessee's winning this game tomorrow, there is certainly a mentality that Tennessee hangs with Alabama, right? Uh, unbeaten versus unbeaten. Kickoff in Knoxville this year, knowing that it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter last year in Tuscaloosa. And in the grand scheme of things, as we look ahead on the in the SEC slate for Tennessee, the SEC East specifically, the game tomorrow doesn't really mean all that much in terms of win-loss record for what it could mean for Atlanta. However, we know what the rivalry means. We know what Saban has done to this rivalry over the last 15 years. And we also know how electric Neyland Stadium will be tomorrow. The atmosphere meets the, the rivalry for the first time together in a, in a while since the game's been played here in Knoxville. And you know that I'm not one often for hyperbole, but while this game won't make or break Tennessee season per se, if they, if they lose, right. it doesn't, you know, the season isn't lost or anything like that. We, we all know that. T- a Tennessee win over Alabama will make a decade for Tennessee fans. This is not just about one season. This would be a memory of a lifetime because it's a series that's gone through these cycles of long winning streaks for one side or the other. We've never seen anything like this. 15 straight for Alabama. That is a lifetime for young Tennessee fans out there. A win over Alabama would just mean, like the SEC, it would mean more, but so much more in the grand scheme of things for the Tennessee fan base because of what it would represent media in Alabama are calling this the best matchup of the century, of this century, between these two programs. And that's credit to Tennessee. That's them giving the tip of the cap to Tennessee when they describe that, not Alabama. Well, it's the first time I I really feel like Alabama fans are a little bit nervous going into this game. I heard someone describing the Tennessee fan base as more nervous for this game than the game against Florida. I completely disagree with that assessment. Here's why. Tennessee felt like they should beat Florida. In fact, you must beat Florida in year one of Billy Napier. Because if not, win. And you need to take advantage of that at home. Yeah. That creates a nervous energy. Right? We're the better team. We should win. This should be the Go year. Go out and do it. And this, we've said that before. Not even should. This must be the year yep. was, the, was the thought when that game kicked off. Right? Yes. Tennessee got, got it done. This game, I don't think anyone's going into it saying, this must be the year. Tennessee has to beat Alabama in this game. So there's not as much nerves. There's just anticipation, excitement. There's this feeling of, man, Tennessee's relevant again. Even if it's for a week, if it's for a month, if it's for a season, it's all built to this point. Mid-October, we're in the thick of it. We're at the halfway point of the season. Tennessee's in the top 10, and they're playing in a game against Alabama that matters. And they're playing an Alabama team that, oh, by the way, they could beat if they play great sure. in this game. So a lot of factors have, have led to a lot of excitement. A lot of Bama fans in town, too, uh, per usual. So a lot of excitement on both sides. What is the latest that you've heard on Cedric Tillman for this game? I wouldn't expect him to play. We're going to talk to Trey Wallace uh, here momentarily, who's, who's going to join us live, who's been covering the story also. But I'm going to go back to the quote that Josh Heupel had on his SEC teleconference earlier this week where he said, Cedric Tillman's only playing if he's 100%. And he's not going to go if he's not 100%. 
that to me was foreshadowing the fact that he's not 100% right now. It's going to be impossible to be 100% this closely removed to that tightrope surgery for the high ankle sprain. I think now even the most – I think the most optimistic viewpoint would be he wants to be back for Alabama. This is the one he circled. Maybe he can get back for that. I don't think this says that there's been a problem with the recovery. It's just they didn't reach the most optimistic point of his return. I feel like we're going to see Cedric Tillman in two weeks right back here in Knoxville against Kentucky because Tennessee essentially has a bye next week against UT Martin. Let's also look at the game from this perspective. The open of the show, I'm discussing the game as if Bryce Young's playing. Right? I'm looking through that lens. If Milrose playing, my expectations, they rise for Tennessee tomorrow with the way they stopped the run a week ago. Absolutely. So – Specifically from the quarterback. It's a little bit of pick your poison here, and I'm with you. I think if I think it really is if Bryce Young plays, my pick would be Bama 38-30, which we've talked about. If Jalen Milrow plays, I think Tennessee wins. Um, I think it's going to be a very good game and close, even with Milrow playing quarterback. But I would say it, it slight advantage Tennessee at that point. Now, with Milrow in the game, though, that even puts a bigger spotlight on what I think is maybe the best player in this game. Well, two best players in this game. And I'll give a third for Tennessee. Will Anderson on defense, absolute game wrecker, someone who can ruin the day for you with one or two plays. Yep. And Jameer Gibbs. They can with take Mill Road, Jameer Gibbs is even a bigger focal point for that offense. Tennessee has been good against the run this year. They've not seen a back like Jameer Gibbs, who I compare to Alvin Kamara, who we saw in orange. Um, those are the two best players in this game. The other one's Hendon Hooker. So head-to-head, quarterback-to-quarterback, as crazy as it sounds, even if Bryce Young is fully healthy, Bamba does not have a huge advantage at quarterback, even with the Heisman Trophy winner. Hendon Hooker's been that good. He's been that steady for this team. So I really think if it is Milrow, Bama's going to be much more of a rushing attack, and that's going to put an even heavier burden on making sure that you're all over Jameer Gibbs in this game. What's your confidence level in the defense? Because the defense has been the focal point from the offseason carrying off of last year. They have performed better than we would have expected or predicted to this point. Bama's a different animal. Yeah, I mean, I expect a lot of points in this game, right? I mean, I think uh, it's, it's like, you, it's if like you go into this Bills. game. Both have good defenses. It yeah, really doesn't matter. I think both in this game. We've talked about how teams that play Tennessee have taken this go for it every fourth down approach against them. I think both teams are sort of in that mode to start this game, right? Even on the Tennessee side, you're not going to be confident of consistently getting stops against Bama's offense, regardless of who's at quarterback. So Tennessee's defense has improved. They've been really good against the run. It gives me a little bit more optimism that that group can hold up a bit and hold its own in this game. But it's still a huge advantage for Alabama offensively against Tennessee's defense. This is not LSU's offense that Tennessee shut down a week ago. This is Bama, still a great offense. So I would still say big-time advantage for Alabama. The other factors in the back end of Tennessee's defense, I don't expect Jalen McCullough to play after the arrest for felony assault. That's a, a strange story that we've talked about. But Danico Slaughter will probably get the start at safety. Uh, so it's only one player moving in. They're not going to do a lot of shuffling. But Danico Slaughter, he's played some this year. He played a lot a couple years ago. But he's a reserve. You know, yeah. what is the drop-off like from McCullough to him? I don't think Tennessee's gotten great safety play this year. But there's a reason Jalen McCullough is a four-year starter. So there's going to be some sort of drop-off. Hit us up on social media at Outkick360 if you're listening to this great radio partner. We thank you for that. 
Please let us know where you're listening this afternoon. And if you are watching online, we hope you'll like, share, retweet, or uh, give us the like and subscribe to the Outkick 360 YouTube page. You can also stream this live at outkick.com. Again, Trey Wallace is coming up. Thursday night football, it's, it's crazy to see that final score, 12-7, and know how close the Bears came to actually winning that game last night. Uh, literally a matter of inches with Mooney. Originally, I felt like catching it but not securing the ball over the goal line, bobbling it, securing it literally inches from the the end zone and falling out of bounds inside the one-yard line. What an epic finish to that game for what was a horrible quarterback matchup where you had uh, Valus Jones muff a punt that allowed Washington two plays later from, what, the six-yard line to get a touchdown from from Robinson. The go-ahead touchdown, the winning touchdown, scored by the guy who uh, was shot 46 days ago. He shot twice. Starts yesterday, starts last night, and helps them win the game based on a turnover from Chicago. What a, I mean, a great story for Brian Robinson uh, with the, the comeback from what he's, he's dealt with in that game. But I'm, wa- I'm watching this last night and watching highlights this morning again, and I, I am thinking to myself – how is this two of 32 teams in professional football? I mean, how, <laughs> Or how is this two quarterbacks does, in professional football? How does football? this happen? Paul's not here right now, and this would be kind of a DYB segment for me to present to him. Yeah. Because well, I, can, I, I can understand I can't argue with, this the, with, you. with the breadth of college football, Power Five conference. Paul is right. You're going to get a lot of bad games, right? Yes. You're going to get some really bad football because it stretches so thin and there's so many teams. But at the top level... 32 teams comprised of 32 starting quarterbacks. How in the hell do we get something that bad for two straight Thursday night games? I mean, it is terrible well, the last two games that we've seen on Thursday night Something football. that bad, and, and consider where Wentz was drafted, and we went through it yesterday, how often he's been traded for picks, high picks, and the money he's getting paid, and he's on his last stand now. He's not good. He passed for 99 yards yesterday against the Chicago defense. And then Justin Fields, who the Bears traded up for, have invested in, traded future picks for, and he's standing at the podium saying, like, I'm tired of hearing, you know, things are eventually going to happen for us. Let's make it happen now. I'm tired of hearing that the best is yet to come from me. It's time to open it up and go. But they refuse to do that with him. And that's, I mean, they're telling us something by that, too. They're telling us something, but... I don't know that I trust I what they're telling us. I don't know I that I trust their this opinion. Justin Fields at Georgia or Ohio State, Chad. No. No, it's it's been such a big drop off. Again, I I don't want to just crush Justin Fields because I don't trust the Bears' opinion of their own offense and what they're allowing him to do. With I know there's something behind some of that, but I'm, I'm not trusting in what's going on there. Two, the, you're saying offense, offenses, last year's and this year's. Two completely different play callers, head coaches, and now you've got a mess. It's just a mess. And they, it's a mess, but again, I just... They lost to Washington. Bigger point. And Wentz wins again on Thursday night. Two straight Thursday night games, and I'm just thinking, this can't be a matchup in the NFL in prime yeah. time. And, and that's any number of... Ma- like I don't want to see two teams like that square off in a game that's completely devoid of offense. In back-to-back Thursday. Crazy that that happened. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hit us up on uh, Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, the college football preview continues with Trey Wallace in, in about 45 minutes. Tony Vitello joins us live in Knoxville. We're broadcasting today from Cool Beans in downtown. Uh, we're getting you ready for a jam-packed football weekend across the Outkick Network. College football atmosphere, energy, and vibe in Knoxville. Glad you're with us. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, joined by Trey Wallace of Outkick.com. And no, he uh, did not leave his house uh, this morning thinking that, you know, Alabama was coming to town as he's wearing the crimson hoodie. But props to you, man. This is a, a brave uh, a, a brave outfit it's as you actu- walk down Knoxville. It's actually a social experiment. I'm <laughs> yeah. doing for an article tomorrow to see how many times I get yelled at today. So we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. Hopefully this story will come out in the morning. I just want to see how many F-bombs to get thrown my way uh, today. But uh, Document no, all the F-bombs. Right. I'm just documenting them all. F-bomb meter. Uh, it was just a bad choice. I walked up and I was like, guys, I think I made a mistake. This is a bad <laughs> choice that I walked out of the house with. Today. I actually did the same thing. I have another uh, uh, pullover that's similar to this, and yeah. it's crimson. Oh. And I brought it. I'm thinking, maybe not the best choice. I'll probably just keep this one on uh, throughout the weekend instead. Well, you were smart, so I screwed myself. But it's okay. We're here. We're, this is awesome, man. Hey, we were talking right before you came on, Trey, and I, I read your piece at Outkick.com. Sort of the scene setter for this week yeah. leading up to the game. Um Similar vibes to Florida week in what you saw. Is it different anyway? Does it feel even bigger now with another three weeks between it? It feels bigger. It feels it feels like, you know, we were talking about it before we came on where it's hard to get around certain spots. That's what it kind of feels like here. I was walking around yesterday, and there was already, you know, so many RVs coming in already from Alabama and Tennessee fans and, you know, fans walking around the stadium. And, so, and I didn't see that on Thursday for the Florida game. You look at it now, and the, you know the the Cumberland Strip behind us. Everything is just packed. Um, the the fans are in town, but but it just feels different. This one has a um, you know, let's say the Florida Tennessee game was like the the co-headliner of a main event. This is the main event fight this weekend. And if you'd have told us this a month ago, a month and a half ago, we'd have probably called you crazy. Looking back on it now, yeah. But we're here, and this is. This is college football at its finest. So, two-part question. What ha- what does this mean for Tennessee if they win tomorrow against Alabama? I'll set it up this way. The Florida game was a game where you could say, like, okay, Tennessee's – I think they're good. I think they're a good football team. 
LSU last weekend was a, hey, we're a good football team. Tomorrow is, hey, we're back. Tomorrow is a, hey, we're back. Take us seriously. I know you're not wanting to take us seriously, but you've got to take us seriously now. And I think that's what tomorrow represents, and it's, it's huge for recruiting. It's huge for everything that goes on this campus. But nationally, you can look a lot of people in the eyes that downgraded your program over the last two to three years with the hire, and you could say, gotcha, we're back, and this was the right hire. Guys, what does it mean if Alabama loses this game? To be honest with you, it, it, to me it means that they're going to be okay. Like, I, I, I think Alabama is not playing their best football right now. I think in three weeks, Alabama would be playing their best football, and then it sets up, you know, the, the month of November. Um, because a loss, and I hate to say it, but it whatever. A loss doesn't hurt Alabama because they still control their destiny. They handle business. Yeah. They'll be in a playoff. I think when it comes down to it overall, though, just straight up Alabama losing this game, the way they played against Texas, the way they played against Texas A&M, you drop a game to Tennessee, guess who comes to town next week? That's the Pirate Mike Leach. Well, and, Chad, it's very similar to the storyline we saw last year, not in this game, but the vibe with the Alabama program. They're good to overcome this nine times out of ten, where they make these mental errors, the penalties, the turnovers. We saw it last week. But there's always one game, maybe two, maybe one and a half, where you feel like this is the time they're going to trip and slip off the edge of the cliff. Well, and, and Trey, you know Nick Saban hates rat poison, right? Yeah, yeah. He hates the build-up to a week where everyone's talking about there's no chance this team can beat you. Right. Last year, that was the A&M week. Yep. Everyone, including us, no way that, that A&M can win this game. What happens? They won. I do think the motivation – for Saban with this group this week is not hard to find. Yep. You're right Because about you that. can find any number of people suddenly saying, Tennessee's going to win this game. They yes. look better. They're the better team. He's telling his team that all week. And I think the big question I have with Bama is, can they, inv- can they learn lessons similar to a year ago without suffering a loss? Right? It was That's the A&M point. loss where they learned some lessons from it, and they went on and won the SEC right. after that. Yeah. Um, did they learn their lesson against Texas? Did they learn their lesson a week ago against A&M? And now they start putting it on people starting this week. That's a, that's a big question I have going in this game. But it all centers around the quarterback, well, too, I, 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 and I, what they can do. Right, and I think that's the biggest thing is what lessons are you going to learn tomorrow when Bryce Young steps out on that field? He's suited up. He's going to play in the first quarter. And Byron Young or Tyler Barron comes off the edge, and he plants him into the ground, and he's out of the game. And now they got to go to Jalen Milrow with, by the way, Ty Simpson – would be technically the backup quarterback who is the better thrower out of the pair. So that's where it gets interesting. So let, let me let me also fra- let, let me try to set the game this way. We've got the defending Heisman winner yep. who may or may not play. He's day to day. The the latest report out there was either from Pete Thamel or someone that just said that there's a sense of optimism, whatever that means. Same thing they said last uh, week. Yeah. Right, right. Um, the Heisman showdown to me is Hendon Hooker and Will Anderson. Will, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the media sentiment last year was, how in the world is Will Anderson not in New York? If Will Anderson wants to get to New York this year, play like a Heisman frontrunner with the Heisman winner sidelined. So, so you can do that possibly tomorrow against one of the Heisman favorites right now in Hendon Hooker. You guys buy into that theory, that storyline where – 
Um, if you're looking for a game wrecker, it can be Will Anderson. If Hooker can also take the lead in this race with a brilliant performance tomorrow. It's crazy. According to DraftKings, the, 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 the guy in second place right now with a Heisman Trophy running is Hendon Hooker. Over, you know, it's C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker. Will Anderson, no sacks last week, anything like that. But right. he caused eight disruptions. So he did his job. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a defender. It, no, no, no. We, I I'm not seeing a Heisman winner on the defensive side. I'm just saying here's a guy that the media all, all of a sudden jumped on board with as soon as he wasn't in in New York. Well, because they felt like it was a story. Right. And, and, I, and I agree with it. Will yeah. Anderson, dominant player in, in college football He's great. Defense. He's great. Right. But tomorrow could be Hendon Hooker. Yes. And his game to say, hey, New York, hey, voters, along with Tennessee, I'm here. Let's, let's ramp this up. Let me jump in on this because it's really not a story if an Alabama player or two is in New York no. for the Heisman, right? That's right. just an annual occurrence at this point. Right. Well, uh, it's a story that a quarterback won it. Yeah, but but let me let me get into what I'm saying here because I don't care about, right, like they're going to – one of those guys are probably going to be there. Yeah. And, unless Bryce Young is out for a longer period of time. And, oh, by the way, he's already won a Heisman, so who cares? Great. Um, is he, would it be a huge upset if Hendon Hooker's not in New York at this point? Take the Heisman Trophy out of it. It feels like to me he'd have to either get hurt at this point or yes. really fall apart this season. And Tennessee loses four games or something like that, right? For him not to be in New York because of all the hype, and that's shocking to me, Trey. Yeah, that that's where we are right now. I think I think I think this is what happens. Even if Tennessee drops two games the rest of the season, but Hendon Hooker continues to dominate. And Tennessee is playing in a uh, New Year's Six bowl game. Doesn't matter what it is, sugar, peach, orange, whatever. Hendon Hooker will be in New York. If Tennessee drops, let's say, three games on the season, then I think that would maybe take him out. I don't care if he has 300 yards passing that game or 100 yards at loss. I think they're going to look at perception. And perception has always been, you know, what have you done with your team? How's your team record? But in my opinion, what Hendon Hooker has been able to do with this Tennessee team Without Cedric Tillman, by the way, the last two SEC games proves that he is one of the top players in the country. And I think tomorrow is another example for him or another way for him to go out and prove that. We'll get, we'll get back to this game with some predictions a little bit later in this segment, but let's bounce around the SEC a little bit. Yeah, I think a really important game for LSU and Florida for two first-year coaches in terms of cementing what it is they're trying to build with their respective program. And it's as even of a matchup as you can find, really, across the country this week. If you're just looking for a good game, two teams that aren't going to be playing for anything huge this year, that LSU-Florida game is a pretty good one. It's always heated. That's yeah. what I love about this game. It is always just a hatred-filled ad. We all remember the Marco Wilson shoe throw 40 yep. yards down the field. <laughs> yeah. We remember the, the field goal that LSU made in the, in the fog to win that football. Like there, We can go on and on with these, with these games. LSU-Florida tomorrow night. I think it's just going to be gritty, bloody, turn into one of those games that maybe is like 24 to 21, something along those lines. And uh, I think Florida ends up winning, but I think L- then LSU fans are going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, that, that's a couple losses now. This does not feel right. What's going on here in Baton Rouge? And, and I think if LSU's smart, they play a different quarterback tomorrow night too. You know, throw Garrett Musmeyer, Musmeyer in there and let him throw the football. I saw last weekend firsthand, Jaden Daniels cannot hit certain throws, and he's scared to throw it in certain aspects. So, I was that, saying this preseason. Yeah. There was all this buzz about Jay. I mean, we know what we've seen in his past. His best year was his freshman year. Yeah. He's following that trend. Yeah. 
he's a better runner than he is anything else. And he proved I thought, that. I thought it looked way too well, easy for Tennessee to defend them last but there, week. There right? was a there was a switch in, in philosophy though, where just the overall prediction of what they were going to do. There were many in Baton Rouge covering the team that thought they were going to play two guys. You know, when they needed a big uh, momentum swing throwing the football. And Kelly hates that. Kelly hates yeah. two quarterbacks. But he needs that. I know. That's the crazy part. I mean, he doesn't hate throwing the football. Right. It's like, where do you where do you give in? Like, you got to give in somewhere. Okay, let Garrett Nussmeyer throw the so, football around. are we saying Florida wins this game? I think so. I think I, Florida wins. I, I think as inconsistent as Anthony Richardson has been, I think he's the better quarterback he, in this yes. matchup. Um, I, I don't know what to predict with Arkansas and BYU. I don't even know what, what to say about this game because it's such an odd matchup in Provo in mid-October. But no one's going to argue that Sam Pittman has not done a great job. He has at Arkansas. Yeah. What does yeah. four straight losses, though, for Arkansas mean, mean for this year's team? Obviously bad things, but that's not a mark you want with the momentum that Sam Pittman had going with that program. That's a shot in the gut from what you had coming off last year and the expectations coming into this year. Let's not forget, though, K.J. Jefferson will be back. It was interesting that that line opened up as BYU's three-point favorite. Arkansas is now like a two-point favorite. Five-point swing in that game. And I think betters finally figured out that K.J. Jefferson was going to play on Saturday. So, look, I, I look at that one in disappointment. And I want one previous thought when you were talking about Florida LSU real yep. quick, too. There's a LSU does not have Les Miles or Ed Orgeron on that sideline calling plays. And we know how gutsy he was in certain situations. I think that is a factor tomorrow night with Brian Kelly, who is a different coach compared to those two previously. So uh, BYU at 4-2 and two here, yeah, which is also unusual. Uh, yeah. Got back on track game. You want to get back on track, beat an SEC opponent at home. They That's, beat Baylor to open it, like, second yeah. week of the season. But, you know, that, that I'm looking at them going, that atmosphere paired with the SEC opponent coming on the road, they're going to be ready for them. I, they're they have to be. Yes. That I, program is made to play at home with that setting against this style of opponent. Also this is not the air raid. Yeah. Game too. It, it, to me, it seems like it could be kind of a low-scoring game. Yeah. I watched BYU play against Notre Dame last week, and I was just really underwhelmed with them athletically yeah. against Notre Dame's defense where there just weren't a lot of threats for big plays. This feels like it could be kind of a grinded-out game with K.J. Jefferson who's been hurt, right. but running a lot in this game. Low right. scoring, but better than Bears and, and Washington? Better than Bears, Washington, better than Colts, Broncos. <laughs> okay. I'd rather drink cyanide than watch that game last I mean, night. That was just... That's why I didn't. I watched Trey the West weather, Virginia Baylor game. Trey would rather cover uh, South Carolina, South Carolina State than, than yes. watch Thursday Night Football. Send me that one. And if yes. you got, yeah. no, Trey will absolutely. resign from OutKick if he's assigned <laughs> a, a commander's game at any point. Leave that to Armando. I'm just letting you know. Sorry, um, Armando. I love yeah. you. Armando's not picking that game either, though, to go cover. <laughs> no. Uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky. I think Ooh. a big time matchup. Both both sides. Will Levis, I think, expected to be back in this game. Um, not sure how healthy he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky. They need it, Trey. <laughs> they need it bad, don't they? I wrote it earlier in the week. I was like, this is it. This is a must win game for Kentucky this weekend. Like you got to have this one. And and yes, Will Levis expected to be back, but it's not going to be the same Will Levis that we've seen the previous five weeks before he was injured. You know, he's not going to be running up and down the field. He's still dealing with an ankle problem, so he's got to sit in the pocket and going to pass the ball around. I think this is prime for Mike Leach and Will Rogers to roll up to Lexington and throw that football all around the field. A little split of rushing as well, but Mississippi State goes up there and takes care of Kentucky, and they're in a weird spot right now, guys. Kentucky lost two straight games. If they lose this one, 
Okay, it's basketball season. Chad, uh, and John Calipari gets his way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then all, John Calipari's thrilled. All Finally, we can focus on this basketball team. Damn you, football. It's been so neglected for <laughs> so long in the Commonwealth. I, I'm, I, I fully admit I was on the Will Levis bandwagon, and, and to some extent I still want him to show me what I feel like he's capable of. Yeah. But what he's capable of is what Will Rogers is doing. And we're not giving Will Rogers nearly the attention Will that Will thrilled. Levis is receiving. Right? I mean, he's breaking SEC records. He's breaking Mississippi State quarterback records. He's in year three of this offense. I agree. And I think Will Levis has been promoted so much as this. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing the first pick or first five pick of the draft. Oh. To me, that is not Will Levis. It's October. Yeah. I get it. What do you mean? It's a, it's a ways until Right. You end need of something April. to talk about here. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, let's be realistic. I agree with you. Will Rogers, the way he's slinging the ball, the way that he played against Texas A&M, then he turned yeah. around and did that against Arkansas. Both have decent defenses, by the way, and he's putting up crazy numbers. 40 plus. I, I love Will Levis, and by the way, I love what he does with NIL because every touchdown that he throws, it's $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Nice. So I, is, I love it. Mississippi, is, Mississippi State big this weekend. Is tomorrow staying in Mississippi? Yeah. Um, is tomorrow the last time we see Brian Harson as Auburn's head coach? It was going to be the last time after the Missouri game if, they, if Missouri would hit the chip shot field goal to win it. Um, I'm going to. It's tough for me. I'm going to. In talking with some folks this week, they feel like that's the direction that this thing is going to go uh, because of they had the bye week coming up. If a lot of people didn't know, Auburn has a bye week next week, so technically two weeks okay. off. Um, and the perfect time to do this, as you guys both know, is your bye week. You name an interim coach. Uh, Auburn's football program is is just fledgling. They're just bad. Um, they don't have an offense in the second half. It seems like the team disappears coming out of the locker room. Just does not feel like uh, a competitive football team. And once they go to Ole Miss this weekend and Lane Kiffin decides he wants to run up the score if he gets an opportunity, I think that's the final nail in Brian Harson's coffin. And I think that, you know, either Sunday or Monday, uh, Auburn will be uh, in the market for a new head coach and Brian Harson will get his full buyout. I want you to answer this question exactly as I ask it. Okay. <laughs> Is Auburn smart enough to hire Matt Rule? No. They're not. But they're dumb enough and smart enough at the same time to hire Hugh Freeze. See, that's – and I think Hugh Freeze would do a good job at Auburn. Would I, I would not hate glass. that hire. Why wouldn't they hire Matt Rule, though? But, I, but because, to me, Hutton, it almost makes too much sense for Auburn. Yep. Like, what they need is a program starter, yep. someone to completely build things from the ground up. That's not Hugh Freeze? Auburn. I think you can go two ways here because Auburn. there's two ways Auburn go. Auburn can get a program builder or they can go get somebody that's going to make a shock immediately on the recruiting trail, and you know you're probably going to get eight wins next season and Kiffin. your offense is going to be high-flying. Right, Kiffin with his you know, pictures that he's posting late at night. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel like you know, Hugh Freeze would walk on glass right now for the Auburn job and talking with folks. He wants yeah. that Auburn job. Um, is Auburn smart enough with President Christopher Roberts? By the way, they don't have a permanent athletic director right now. Yeah. A lot of this. The well, mo- that's, the, that's the real issue, right? Right. And, and do you want to go? Is that AD really going to make the hire, though? Right. Let, well, or is it everyone that tried to get Brian Harson kicked out? But is, but is it, well, I agree with you, but is it the same thing that Tennessee did? Hired well, Danny White. Danny White made a hire. Well, the last AD hired Brian Harson. To be fair, they let him hire Brian Harson. Yeah, it's Alan true. Green, who's out of a job now. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I agree. So what I'm getting. I just think that they, I think they need to get a permanent 
athletic director. Now, they might make you know, the interim athletic director permanent, I've been told, who's also, by the way, the director of compliance at Auburn. So it just could be interesting, but I think Give this decision right. I think yeah. Yeah. I think this decision is on the president, Christopher Roberts, uh, <laughs> Hugh Freeze, yeah. right. Hugh Crostell, right. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> let's get the let's get the permanent Look. Sharpie and mark that one out. I mean, oh, you want a compliance guy to make this hire? Right. Those I mean, names I'm aren't Lane Train all day, but going to be on Compliance there. AD is not. Kiffin's AD. It would be fun to see him in Auburn, though. Kiffin. So are there, are there any Mormons on the list that have never broken a rule? <laughs> yeah. Let's go to those guys. Go to those guys first. It would be good, though. Trey, tomorrow, what do you think happens in this game? I pre- I'll go. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. If people have read it, I've already picked Tennessee to win this game. Um, but I, I, I think this is lining up where Tennessee is, is, is hitting their peak on offense right now. I think defensively what you saw against LSU, and I'm not saying LSU is some world beater, okay? But you held them to 55 yards rushing. I thought the defense played well. I thought the linebackers played well against the run. And they were able to, to, to stop Jaden Daniels, who was trying to rush the football as well. Um, I look at it overall, and I think the magnitude of this game, one of the smartest things about this football team, and one of the things I enjoy covering about this team along with others is they block out the outside noise. You know, they'll be, they might look at their phones and whatnot, and they might say, okay, they embrace what's going on. They embrace every – Josh Heupel is letting them, yeah. hey, guys, enjoy this. You've earned this. You've earned game day coming back. These kids, you know what – and that's how Josh Heupel is. Josh Heupel is a down-earth coach. It's not going to just run away from the outside noise. He's going to say embrace it. I think right now, even without Cedric Tillman, you have seen Tennessee's wide receivers step up. Uh, the magnitude they're playing with Ramel Keaton and Jalen Hyatt and Brew McCoy. And then you throw in, you know, what they're doing in the running game right now. I think they're getting better along that offensive line. They will be tested. Tomorrow they will be tested by Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. But I look at this one overall, and, and I just have to – somebody said this to me last night. They said when Bryce Young comes out there tomorrow and if he takes that first snap, he goes, Tennessee's objective is to knock him out by the end of the first quarter, so they have to go with a backup. That is that is Tennessee's defense objective. And love it, hate it, is what it is. I think That's every football team, right, though. Exactly, I mean, right. They're not going to say it out loud, but right. that's, of course, what they're trying weakness. to do. Right. And I don't think Cedric's going to – You're going to test the shoulder. I don't think Cedric – Yeah, I don't think Cedric plays tomorrow. Um, I think the ankles still – you know, get him healthy, come back Kentucky. This is going to be, in my opinion, a program-defining win for Tennessee. Um, it's going to tell everybody out there that, hey, guys, we're, we're back on the scene now. Um, I think that Alabama is a very good team. But I think, again, like I said, in three weeks, you're going to be a lot better team than they are right now. Everything is flowing Tennessee's way, guys, and we haven't seen that in a long time. And if we're – I wrote about this, and I made this very clear – I'm not basing it on the fact that Alabama has won 16 straight in this game. I'm looking at the game right here, right now. Who's playing better at the moment and who has more weapons on offensive side of the football? To me, that is Tennessee at the moment. Isn't it funny how time changes perspective on everything? Because I now look back at Danny White hiring Josh Heupel, and I think to myself, why did you even have to interview anyone else? Should have just hired the guy right away. If you knew he wanted the gig and you hired him at UCF and he was this great, (laughs) you should have just hired him. And at the time, almost everyone was disappointed. They're like, what? And everyone's thinking, this seems like a cop-out that you just hired the guy you hired at UCF. Right. And now, 19 months later, look how that hire looks. With the backup QB now, Heisman. And he's got the perfect demeanor for this team right now, especially in that 
even if Tennessee lose tomorrow, I feel very confident it's not because they got punked nope. in this game, and it's not because they're so nervous right. and worked up that they're going to play scared. I agree with that. So, and that that's a reflection of Josh. Hyde. I don't think they come out, Jonathan, Chad, and I don't think. I they, think it's a great game. I don't. Yeah, they're not coming. I don't think Alabama's going to come out tomorrow and win by twenty points, and this is not going to be a game in the fourth quarter. If anything, this is going to be tight until the final minutes of the, of the fourth quarter. In just my opinion, Tennessee has enough on offense. And you know what? Right now, I trust the quarterback situation at Tennessee more than I trust it at Alabama. If this happens, I, I have witnessed Chad in the middle of a firestorm where Texas A&M and the Aggies were storming the field in College Station last year there. against Alabama. Yeah, I was there. Um, for all of us listening, watching, say a prayer for Chad as he will crowd surf across the Neyland field if, in fact, Tennessee beats Alabama. Tennessee beats Alabama. I might be nude doing that crowd surfing. So watch where you grab as I come across on the crowd surfing. I'll be on the field. Look, listen, I'll be on the field post game. I'll make sure to get all videos, pictures, whatever we need of Chad if that ends up going down. It's going to be absolutely insane tomorrow. And if I see Chad butt naked on the field... I know we've got a problem, and I won't turn those pictures over to HR. My Q score is either going to go way up or way down. There's going to be no in-between if that happens. I think what you're saying is going to happen tomorrow in terms of being a close game, but I can totally see a scenario where Bama goes Bama. I can too. In in one game, and it's not very close in the fourth quarter. But I'm looking forward to it either way. Trey, always good to see you in person, man. Uh, great to be back in Knoxville and have you on the show. Yeah. And uh, really looking forward to the coverage this week. A great no, game. It should be a lot of fun tomorrow. It should be great. We'll have a lot of coverage on outkick.com. Uh, follow us throughout the day. Uh, great group of people that I work with. It's always fun to have you guys uh, back here in, in town where I live at. Um, but, man, yeah, y'all have a great time tomorrow. This is a great setting. Y'all got yeah. Tony V coming cool up. Cool Beans is awesome. Cool yeah, beans Tony V is awesome. coming up. Vitello joins us at about 15 minutes. When we come back in between Trey and Tony V, we've got the NFL Moneyline Upsets, outkick.com slash bet. I've got the upset winners in the NFL on Sunday to bet right now because they're winning outright. That's next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not, I'm not sure what PK's up to as uh, he's visiting family, but he's probably, whatever he's doing, keeping tabs on the Yankees and Guardians, which are playing right now. Top of the eighth, um, currently tied 2-2, where uh, the Guardians are at bat with Gonzalez at the play. There are some Guardian fans right behind us here at, uh, at Cool Beans, believe it or not. They were going nuts when the Guardians tied it a little bit earlier. Chad, um, last week, Two for three on the upset picks. A week ago, three for three. Straight money line upsets. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to join us. Not a parlay. Just bet these games outright. Are you ready for the upset picks? We didn't spend enough time on the three for three week you had. I feel like we should have touted that a little bit more, uh, even with the two for three last week. So, yes, I'm ready for another three for three. So, we're starting here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and uh, I take that back. Let me go and order the graphic for everyone watching as well. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints 
at home. Now this is a this is basically a pick'em. I think the Bengals last time I checked late last night a, a point and a half maybe is what they're favored by on the road. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are back playing in Louisiana. Uh, Andy Dalton starting that's official for the Saints. Taysom Hill though to me is the X factor because he was last week, and the the Saints defense is good enough to win this game at home against Cincinnati and get after the quarterback. The Bengals offense has been okay. Uh, in recent weeks, and due in large part to pass protection for Burrow. But this is a big game for the Bengals, and I'm taking, believe it or not, um, I'm taking Dalton and Taysom Hill because I think they're playing with a bit momentum right now offensively, and again, the Saints' defense is, is really where the money rides. Chiefs are the underdog at home. For the first time in 46 starts at home, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. When he's been an underdog throughout his career, he's 7-0-1. And... All he's got to do is have the football last. So it's at least a coin flip in that regard. You're right. This is a great game. I realize I'm betting against Buffalo, but I'm also putting my money with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't feel like you can go wrong doing that on any given week, even against the best competition. They have looked very good uh, with without Tyreek Hill. And maybe that comes back to bite them this week. Maybe not. Because... Last year, Bill's defense was excellent. Didn't matter in the postseason. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just because of the home dog at Arrowhead. I think you're two for two, Hutton, so far. Two for two. Um, finally, Seahawks, Cardinals. Wrong team's favored. Cardinals are favored on the road this Sunday in a game that could be pushed back 90 minutes. You can't bet against Geno Smith. Uh, it, I think Come this, on, Vegas. This is a, Come on. This is a under-the-radar shootout with Geno Smith and uh, the quarterback play for Kyler Murray. Um, one more week until they get Hopkins back within the Arizona offense, and I think they need him in a game like this. I'm taking Geno Smith, and I'm riding him for another week with the straight-up money line bet. And, I mean, Sean Alexander's got to mean something, right? They're retiring, and they're putting him in the ring of honor. It's got to it's, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta count for something, Hudson. Plus, you know what Geno Smith does that Kyler Murray doesn't? He prepares for each game. But he doesn't have a clause in his contract for that. Tony Vitello is about to pull up live with us at Cool Beans. He'll join us as we continue our coverage from Knoxville. Tennessee and Alabama on OutKick 360. We're getting ready for a big weekend.